0: Don't frazzle my sh-
1: It's the Woodworking Morning Show.
0: Good morning, everybody. Good
1: morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good
0: morning, good morning and good, morning, good, morning, good, morning, good morning,
1: morning to you. Hey, guess what? Chicken butt. My stuff is frazzled. It's a snow day.
0: Don't frazzle my... <laughs> Can't even say it. I don't want to... Don't want to uh, uh, ruin any little kids' ears. That might woke up this
1: morning, and it was extra snowy today.
0: We were thoroughly frazzled.
1: I'm <laughs> like... Ah, we got a
0: show. The kids are home. Uh, This was one of those mornings where, like, we had snow a few days ago. We expected the kids to have off. They just had a delay. But no one even really kind of realized that it was going to snow overnight. Mm -hmm. And I get the 5 a.m. call from the the public school system. I
1: can turn that off.
0: I could also put my phone on do not disturb, which is what I should do. But 5 a.m., I get the call that school's closed. And I'm like, oh, good. We can sleep in. And I'm like this. And
1: Mark's brain is like, mm-mm, no <laughs> now, way. No, <laughs> 5
0: a.m. is too close to wake-up time. So thanks for the call, and uh, the kids are in the house hey, now. Hey, Bridge so.
1: Tapper, uh, but you got to live in Florida. That's it's sunny and 60 in Florida.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well.
1: <laughs> My aunt lives in Florida. I've been to Florida many times. Every time I've You like Florida? Off, I'm not a fan of Florida. I'm sorry.
0: It's a little humid.
1: I walk off the plane, and I go, I hit a wall of water.
0: You know where Florida, that's like when you're from the East Coast, Hmm. Northeast, New York, New Jersey, the whole thing is like people talk about retiring to Florida or we're going to move to Florida. And it's a a thing that most people talk about but never do, but it's always Florida. And I grew up as a kid not even realizing that the left half of the country existed (laughs) because it's like, no, what do you do? You go down, you go south to Florida Florida. or maybe even Georgia, you know, if you're feeling (laughs) spicy. Uh, but yeah, it never occurred to me that people can actually mm-hmm. live in places like California.
1: Yeah, I guess growing up in Missouri, I don't, I mean, my aunt lived in Florida, so we took a number of trips to Florida to yeah. visit her for like summer break and stuff like that. But sure. I, it was never like, let's go to Florida to retire.
0: Yeah, that's a, it's a whole thing. It was more
1: like the Ozarks. I think half
0: of Florida is probably retired Italians. Pro- <laughs> That's probably, what I'm thinking. Probably. Okay. I guess we should start the show okay. proper, huh? It's uh, it's the morning show. I'm Mark,
1: and I'm Nicole.
0: Today we're going to talk to you about some woodworking stuff. Maybe some not woodworking stuff, yeah. like Florida and retirees.
1: Yeah, we have a a lot of Patreon questions this week.
0: Yeah, and speaking of Patreon, Patreon.com/woodwhisperer. If you want to get involved, get your show, uh, get your get your show, get, get on, your the show on the questions. Get your questions on the show and uh, there's also some real cool things that you can mm-hmm. get at the different reward level levels. I want to thank a few people who helped us out. they <laughs>
1: are a little tongue tied. It's today. okay.
0: It's, at least I'm talking. <laughs> my lips are moving and my brain is a couple seconds behind or vice versa. <laughs> okay, so we want to thank Dan Stark, Michael Munday, Timothy Harris, Paul Bolton, Travis Sprouse, Carl Regan, Chuck Wine, Thomas Silvaggi, uh, Scott <laughs> Reikinger, Greg Miller, Brian Koth, Kothy. Michael Schus, Tom C, Stephen Neal Douglas Deal. Oh, that was a nice rhyme. David Nichols, Mark, oh, David. Mark and Nicole Chapelsky, yeah. and Eugene Haskins. Oh. Once again, we're playing catch up for a few shows here, guys. So we're gonna we're gonna try to get up to current yeah. Patreon uh, donors, but it, it, there's too many to fit on that little. You're
1: awesome. Little all screen. of little Uh So I'll we're gonna do an after show um, we are. after this one, mm-hmm. and I'll put a link in the chat. Uh, or if you just go on Patreon it'll you'll see it it's right there yeah
0: so that after show is for Patreon uh, folks who are two dollar and higher and the after show is just it's like whatever
1: here are thoughts on Picard
0: yeah we're gonna talk about Picard and I might even talk about my shoes <laughs> yeah, you're, you know lots you're, of exciting stuff here Chuck Taylor okay so Mike McMahon was on the wrong stream apparently
1: this this chat isn't connected to the live stream oh what
0: how is that possible
1: It's YouTube.
0: Oh, lovely. What what am I I saying? Do we have to stop and figure out something?
1: No, we don't have to figure out anything. Can I continue with the show? You can continue with the show. All
0: right, so let's start with a question here. These are questions that I pulled from Patreon. Uh, Someone says we have two streams going. Are you kidding me? So one one is on like the regular live thing and the other doesn't have the chat.
1: I I don't know, but we've had this problem before. Hey,
0: well, it is what it is. All right, Uh, keep going. Yeah, if we stop and restart, all hell's gonna break loose. Yeah, yeah,
1: no, we're not stopping anything.
0: Okay, so first question I have here is from Joe Lapolito. He says, I'm getting ready to build a four foot by five foot kitchen island out of walnut. I wanna use Osmo on it, but I'm having issues figuring out their products. No kidding, dude. They're really not that great. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second.
1: <laughs> They're great, but...
0: No, 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 no. I'll tell you, what, I'll tell you what's not great. <laughs> okay. The product is great.
1: Yeah, that's what I... Yeah.
0: I'm not sure if I should just use their top oil or should I start with a different product and then use the top oil on top of that. It's a fairly heavy-use work surface. Also, I want your thoughts on using their walnut color oil to even out the look and preserve darker walnut color over time. Okay, so here's the problem. Some of these uh, companies that... You know, something like Osmo was Mm -hmm. definitely um, a product that grew in popularity overseas, right? I think they're European, um, and it's a product that was used in their industry. When they bring it to America, I don't think they think in terms of necessarily, and again, this may not be American and European. It's just something that I've seen happen with some companies that are not American companies. Mm -hmm. Their labeling isn't done in such a way as to dummy-proof it for (laughs) us. Because we're Americans and we need things to be laid out plainly and clearly <laughs> with colors and names that make sense. Uh, you know, like look at, the, look at the line of abrasives in Festool with handy names like Platine and Granite <laughs> and Rubin. Of course you know what those mean, right? So their products are like numerical. So it's very difficult to see, like, what is the difference between these? And these two both say, the, these both say top oil, but the numbers are different. I don't know. It's all very confusing to me. Um, so I can help you with, with figuring all of that out. Go to their website. That will definitely help out quite a bit. But what I can tell you is on your uh, kitchen project, you don't have to use like Pollux oil and then top coat with the top oil. You can just use the top oil product. It is a standalone product. Uh, just make sure you run it on some test pieces. See if you like the way it looks. Uh, possibly if you have the Pollux oil on hand, put a coat of that and then see if the top oil on top of that looks any different. Protection wise, you're just better off just going with the top oil for all of your coats. Nice. Uh, And as far as the walnut color, this is an interesting thing. You're working with walnut, right? And this is something that outside of this um, brand topic, uh, folks who work with walnut might someday consider maybe putting some walnut dye on it. And why? A couple reasons. Maybe you want to even out some sapwood. Okay, there might be a streak of sapwood. So you want to tone that down a little bit the walnut dark brown color in the dye doesn't really change the walnut that much, the stuff that's just heartwood, Um, but it does even things out and makes it look a little more consistent. And over time, walnut tends to get lighter. So if you have some dye or some kind of a coloring agent on there, you might actually end up with a more even dark color over time. So I see where he's going with this. I did this with Rubio a couple different times on Jason's Mid-century modern dining table. We did uh, Walnut Rubio on that. And I just finished up the Hank chairs and both of those received Rubo Walniut. Walnut walnut Rubio. And I did that because I have a big can of the Walnut stuff. Uh, We did a floor project in the basement, Mm -hmm. used the Walnut and the stuff goes so far, I had so much left over. But anytime I do Walnut, and I want a Rubio finish, I'm going to go ahead and hit it with that uh, walnut color. It just really makes it a deeper, richer, more consistent color. It doesn't make it look unnatural, but it kind of just enhances things a little bit. Like
1: when I go, when I go on Amazon and I type in Osmo, first thing, I get a kid's toy.
0: Yeah, you get the kid's <laughs> I line get of toys. The
1: which is, by the way, if you have a kid, that those Osmo... Osmo uh, learn, stuff is pretty great, it's right? It's pretty great, um, but it always comes up before... The finish, it's uh, a little... Well, and that's the other
0: thing. These products are not the easiest to find in the States.
1: So if you say Osmo Finish, but then I look and I go, okay, which one? Because Poly High Solid, Top Oil. Like, it's confusing. Well, look, here's
0: two examples. There's Pollux Oil High Solid, Pollux Oil High Solid.
1: Oh, matte and satin.
0: Okay, that's, that's, see, and that's the only difference, but the number 3043 versus 3031. Yeah. Right? So, just you got to look closer at the labels. And again, look at their website. You can find some uh, core information about what the different product lines are. So, which do.
1: one do you use? I never know which one um, to make. I would
0: probably do like Pollux Oil Satin. Yeah. And then he's talking about the Top, top oil, oil product. I would do that. Okay. Their High Solids is a good one. They have a zero or a low VOC. I think it's Osmo Pure. Yeah, which is a really good one that just has super low VOC. So
1: hmm. I'm gonna throw those in the the Friday Live yeah, go for category. It. There you go. You got okay. another question?
0: I do. I have plenty of questions. Oh, we have plenty. Alec McMahon <laughs> says, I feel like I'm missing out. I can
1: never not whenever I see
0: McMahon. McMahon, you got to pronounce it. I McMahone. always pronounce it McMahone. That is the best. That's why we love you, Nicole. <laughs> we like to frazzle your stuff. Uh, uh, Alex says, "I feel like I'm missing out when it comes to design, cut lists, and mockups by not using SketchUp." Do you have a favorite resource for learning SketchUp for woodworking? I don't mind paying for quality content. Might you consider putting together a SketchUp class for the guild? Okay, well, I'll answer that last question first. We're actually in talks with. Um, the guy who does all of our SketchUp plans for the Guild, Brian Benham, about doing a SketchUp course. It's one of those things that's kind of a side project. So we have this email string that's about six months old going back and forth. And like it takes us each about two or three weeks to reply. So it's a very slow conversation. Excuse me, but that is something we really do want to do. And hopefully maybe we'll be able to provide that for you guys this year. Outside of that, I actually haven't really taken much other than uh, Bob Lang's SketchUp courses that he's done. Um, He's done a few really good ones, so look look into those. Uh, David Wiggins here, in reply to this, he said, I'm self-taught over the past 15 years, and I could say that one of the best ways to learn learn it properly, he says, is to use Skillshare. I signed up and learned things that I never knew all this time. Let's see. I've
1: heard it. I've looked into Skillshare before. Mm
0: -hmm. Scott M says, if you have the platform bed project that's in the guild, there is an hour-long video in there about designing the bed in Sketchup. Hmm. I forgot Hmm. I even did that. So, thank you, Scott. I mean, a lot of times, especially in the guild, yeah. we'll do these like mini deep dives into things yeah. like design or well, some sort of piece of software. And I, and I years later, can't even remember that. It
1: one did. of the first videos back in 2007 you did was an arts and crafts table. Yeah. That has a whole thing on SketchUp. Mm-hmm. Now, SketchUp has probably changed.
0: Yeah, the core of it is the still, the same, still the same, though. Yeah, they, they have new versions and there's new things you can do with it. But at its core it's still the same basic set of tools that you need to know to be able to manipulate pieces and and make projects in it. Uh, Okay, Colin Watson says, did you have to do any sanding on your T111 before the Danish oil or just slap it on raw? That's this stuff right here. This is uh, exterior rated, like sheathing-ish type stuff. Like if you're building an outdoor shed or something, this might be something you would uh, use to skin it. And it doesn't really need a finish, doesn't need a sanding. But if you're bringing it into your shop and now it's on the shop walls, you know, not that I want to see somebody do an entire shop, like wall, (laughs) all around, like everything with this and then wind up sanding it and putting finish on it. It's kind of unnecessary. But in my case, I didn't have that much to do. Uh, The second thing was on mine, I film here, right? So if this stuff is really like a bright yellow color, I don't like the way that that looks on camera. So what I did was I got some Watco medium walnut Danish oil and I put that on here to tone down that yellow color uh, and to make it look a little bit better and easier to clean or easier to blow dust off of. um, I did wind up just very rough, probably with my Rotex, uh, the Festool Rotex, um, very rough like 80 grit sanding just to knock down the splinters and make it just a little bit more smooth and then it accepts that, uh, that medium walnut stain Um, a little bit better and this browner tone just to my eyes and when I film in here just looks better to me so that's the only reason that I did that if I didn't have to film in here would I be doing all that work for that no no definitely not it looks just fine as it ages it gets a little bit darker um, but you don't need to do all that stuff
1: so William Forrester just did a super chat and said good morning most of the pieces in the room will call for eight quarter stock is there any harm in laminating a couple of pieces of four by four stock together to get the pieces of t- to an appropriate size?
0: You said four by four, I think you meant four quarter.
1: Is that four quarter?
0: No, there's no problem with that, it's just more glue ups. I find when you're doing like a big um, you know, top like this for the, for the workbench, if you have a bunch of smaller boards that's just a bunch more glue lines and a lot more opportunity for the boards to get mismatched and slip past one another so it's not totally flat. Um, you could make those out of half-inch boards if you wanted to. It's just the amount of labor, time, um, effort you want to put into it and also predictability of results. The fewer pieces, the easier it is to keep them aligned, right? So totally up to you, but yes, theoretically, you absolutely can use four-quarter to get that done. All right, got a question here from my good buddy David Wiggins. (laughs) Uh, he says oh by the way David
1: if I get your t-shirt it says my good buddy my
0: good buddy. <laughs> my good buddy I got a couple good buddies <laughs>
1: now.
0: quite a few actually uh, David we split your questions up we, we answer one now and if we have time we answer the second one in the after show it, well we can do it in the after show <laughs> well we'll answer it regardless yeah, it'll yeah. either be anyway let's stop wasting time and just talk uh, let's see as we've all learned from YouTube wood never moves <laughs> that's funny However, I seem to be the one sad sack who always has wood move on him. In particular, the white oak that I make a lot of boxes and cases from. Even after gluing everything together and flattening the insert bottom, oh, the inset bottom on the jointer, after just a couple of weeks, the box has some rocking. Is there a way to prevent this? Should I wait a certain amount of time after the glue up before flattening the bottom to help avoid this? Yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, sometimes wood just does what it wants to do. Uh, a lot of times if you give wood more time to acclimate after processing or acclimation time after gluing, certainly uh, waiting till all the moisture leaves it and it kind of just gets um, you know conditioned to the space that it's in, that might be a time if you could do some post work on it, that might be a time to do it. Um, but ultimately wood is wood and it does what it wants to do. So what I would probably recommend is just doing the whole stack the cards in your favor thing. I would probably make sure that I'm using quarter sawn for that bottom piece if possible, uh, quarter sawn is less likely to move around on you. So even if you make the whole rest of the box out of just regular flat sawn material, maybe reserve the bottom material, reserve some quarter sawn stock or rift sawn stock um, and just hope that that's gonna be a little bit more stable over time. That's, that's what I would do. Uh, one from Chris Calnassi, also my good buddy. You've, uh, you've been promoted, Chris, to good buddy status. He says, I know when you had your eight inch jointer, you showed various methods of flattening rough stock when it was wider than the jointer. So between cutting on the bandsaw and then re-gluing after, skip planing, using a planer sled or face jointing the eight inch and then jack planing off the lip. That's a good title. Jack planing off the lip. Uh, after just a, whoops, I skipped to the wrong question. Which method do you use the most uh, and which method did you use the least? Anything you would add to that? Okay, so it kind of depends. Uh, If there is a project where I really, I really, really want to preserve the look of that wide board, I would most likely do the remove, the jointer guard method, joint the eight inches, and then hand plane or figure out some other way to flatten the remainder, flip it, put it through the planer, that whole thing, right? That planer sled method. Uh, The one I use the least I would say is probably the planer sled. So straight, you know, from the beginning, get a piece of plywood, put this uneven rocking board on it, shim it up where you can, maybe put some hot glue in there, pass that through the planer. That method, it's just a lot of labor and I usually wouldn't wind up doing it. So skip planing is something that I'll do. If the boards are already pretty flat, I'll skip plane them. If it's absolutely crucial that I get perfect flatness and I want to see all of the, you know, the glorious 16 inch, 12 inch board that I have, uh, I'll use the planer guard removal trick, and then if I don't really care too much about the look, but I still want a certain level of precision, I might just cut it down, you know, and uh, glue the pieces back together. So, but it is definitely um, a situational sort of thing. I could do this one really quick. This is from Plain Marks. He says, "Which woodpecker tool or tools have you gravitated to the most?" Hmm. It's a great question. I should have uh, read that earlier. <laughs> It's a hard question I actually to had answer.
1: somebody uh, message me on the Guild um, chat yeah, and, a- and ask me more about your thoughts on the, the Easy Edge one that we talked about last. Uh-huh. And okay. I sent them the demo that you did.
0: You know, this square... Oh, you know what? It's not over here. It's on the other side. So- oh, no, no, it's right here. This is the one I use, without a doubt, the absolute most. Is the Ooh, big, Jesus,
1: you almost knocked me out.
0: I know where all things around my body <laughs> no, are at all times. No, you don't. Like, you, a tripped ninja. Over,
1: you tripped over Millie's head last night.
0: That was Millie's fault. <laughs> she put her head under my foot. Uh, the mm. big framing square, right? This is the 26 by 16 precision woodworking square. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, there's just times where you need to get a good right angle on a big panel and i don't trust anything else right this thing i know it's rock solid so this is oh, wow this is a june 2011 oh
1: that's cool that they dated production their stuff
0: yeah so i got this a long time ago but this has been a great
1: 2011. thing 2011 that was like that was before mateo was born yeah
0: 2011 right. so that is something i would highly recommend i don't know if that's a regular product yet or if they still keep that at uh, one time status the other thing i use a lot is the tracksaw square that they came up with that was a one-time tool. I do not think it's a regular product, but I absolutely think it should be. Um, it's basically, they had well, an earlier version of this, which wasn't very good. This one is like dead on rock solid and you can get 90 as well as other um, angles depending on what you want to do, but it attaches to a track saw uh, like the Festool track saw. Uh,
1: Billy Willie's Garage. said, I just I came <laughs> a Patreon today. Oh, cool. Are we able to watch the show from there? Uh I haven't had a chance to mess with it. Typically, yes. If Mark would actually use the stream that I set up for him, that's what happened. Oh, <laughs> it was my mistake. I know it was. I w- well, I've been waiting because I figured it out.
0: Yeah, uh, no, you're absolutely right. I didn't select the he right ju- show. He just went live. The problem is, um, you're this new, you were a little frazzled. This new this setup. This new setup with all of these things that have to happen, there's a lot going on to launch this yes. show that never used to be a problem. And last week I forgot to like start up GarageBand. Yeah. This week I forgot to pick the right thing. So for the after show, um, I will yes. select the after show and that will be the embed that's on Patreon. That's how it should have worked. I'm going to, and so, I'm also so going to. Sorry about it, that. Yeah, it's-
1: I've been telling everybody oh, yeah it was his fault
0: <laughs> it is my fault but uh Mark has a lot on his brain I on Friday understand. mornings understand. I
1: understand Jason why I Jason
0: was... couldn't make it in right because yep. he's got a two-wheel drive truck yeah and he goes hey would you if you still had your Dodge two-wheel drive would you uh, would you come in this morning I said nope. only only if I wanted to see what the underside looked like <laughs> and uh, so yeah he's not here today so I had to get all the setup going and it was all last minute man. so
1: I'll put a link to the after show so We go for 45 minutes with this show and then we have a little after show where we are more casual. Yeah, not that We're already casual. Well,
0: look at this. Mike S. says that the track saw guide is a regular item. He just got his. It's awesome. Well, that's good to hear. I didn't think it was. That's good. I mean, some of these that they make, some of these one-time tools, it's a no-brainer. It's like, come on, guys. Just do the one-time tool and then go, hey, good news, everyone. It's a a permanent item Um, because some of them are so good. They absolutely should be. Oh, and I didn't answer the question about the Easy Edge. Honestly, I haven't touched it since that demonstration because we've been trying to get the CNC together and I've been in the office most of the time. Yeah. I can tell you, you know, generally speaking, a tool like that probably isn't one that I would justify paying for. Um, I, there are, to me, just too many other ways that I could address an edge on something. Um, and that, because of the shape of the tool, it's all the way over there so I can't grab it, but it's pretty much the same format as a a medium shoulder plane. Um, The blade distance from the front to where the blade is, is only useful if you have an outside edge and you can go all the way to the uh, corner. If you have something that's a shelf maybe and there's a cabinet side, you're gonna stop short and you're gonna to have to continue that manually, figure out some other way to do it, um, which means I'm then going with like a small block plane or just whatever, by hand sanding or whatever. Um, but between my router and my block plane that are just part of my woodworking vocabulary, I don't know that I would really use it very much. So I mean, again, it's like anything with this stuff. If you see a good use for it and it seems like something that would really fit the bill in your shop, Go for it. I mean, it does what it says mm-hmm. it does. It's just a matter of how you do your woodworking, whether it's useful.
1: I got a question here since we, you brought up the CNC. Tyler, Burnett, Burnett, Burnett. it, burn it, burn it. Uh, Have you fired up the CNC yet? And somebody asked, what What kind of CNC did you get? Okay.
0: I have not fired it up. We just got it um, kind of together. Yeah. Uh, the last thing we did was Jay and I... It's like, lift it. He's 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 a, a good and bad influence at the same time, right? <laughs> yeah. I've hurt my back enough over the years that when I see something heavy, I'm like, "All right, how do we use the cherry picker? You know, how do I <laughs> what do I attach to the ceiling to hoist this yeah, up?" Yeah. And Jay's the kind of person who's just Let's like, "Let's just do it. Let's just lift it up." And I'm like, "Seriously, you think we could deadlift this thing and just pick it up and put it on there?" He's like, "Yes, we can." So we did. <laughs> and uh, and it's on there. Uh, but I haven't had a chance to fire it up yet. Hopefully, um Next early next week, we'll be able to do that. It's uh, a
1: small footprint. It's a lot smaller than I thought it was. Going two by to be. four. Yeah.
0: It's two by four, and then the 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 like stand is a little bit bigger than two by four. Yeah. So it's really not that big, comparatively speaking, and it's certainly not like the big four like by eight, four by eight ones, eight ones full yeah, sheet yeah. ones. Um, but it is a Powermatic. Um, obviously, Powermatic is a sponsor, but, and when you have an <laughs> ongoing sponsor, if you want a particular tool and, and your they, sponsor has one, that's probably the one you should get mm-hmm. <laughs> because sponsors don't like it if you don't do that. The Powermatic is definitely more of a pro level machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, in talking to uh, the gentleman who's helping us make a CNC series for the guild, um, he was saying that you know in that series, we probably want to have another CNC to mm-hmm. show what most people are going to be dealing with. The way that the Powermatic works is a little bit different. Um, but we'll show the Powermatic in there mm-hmm. as well. But we have to, you know, address the fact that it's, you know, it is of, like an eight thousand well, dollar machine. Yeah, and
1: there's a lot of hobby models now on the market that weren't there. Yeah. Four years ago. Yeah. Three years ago. Yeah, they
0: probably were, but. Well,
1: I, but maybe, the market, maybe,
0: yeah. the market now is is there's plenty of hobby level small kit style CNCs yeah. uh, that people can. Uh, put together and use. <laughs>
1: Worth so. Effort had a good question. So is Nicole Moore likely to use a CNC or a scroll saw? Um, a CNC probably because it has a computer on it.
0: I'm going to say neither?
1: <laughs> yes, neither. But if I had to pick, I would probably pick the CNC. I
0: absolutely disagree because as soon as you get into like V-Carve, you'd be like, oh, <laughs> what's this crap? I don't <laughs> understand this. I'm going to go watch, what, what's, what's your show you're going to watch? I'm going to go watch Lock and Key. <laughs> I don't think you would enjoy your time with No, I CNC. don't know. Look, just because it's on a computer doesn't yeah. mean you're automatically going to like it.
1: Maybe. you,
0: If you were trying to make something, you would be much happier sitting down with a tool. You immediately understand yeah. it. And that's, a, uh, scroll, <laughs> that's a scroll saw. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, shnikes. Mm. Got another question? Uh, oh, shoot. Yeah, I'm looking at the yeah, chat. Yeah,
1: yes. Daydreaming. Oh, you know, that's what I do. Your game's off.
0: Scott M. Spags. Apologies if this has been asked before, but have you thought about doing a joint project or video with Mike Farrington? I believe he's in the Denver area too. I haven't. I know nothing about Mike Farrington. I, I think
1: we looked him up and we're like, Wow, cool. The only
0: time I've heard his name is when people ask me if I'm going to do a collaboration with him. <laughs> yes. I just don't have time to watch other people. Um, I'm trying to remedy that. I'm trying to like once in a while make time like on a Friday to sit down fire up the YouTube app, sit on the couch and just see if I could, you know, see what's in my my feed. So uh, unfortunately, I don't know much about him and uh, I think more importantly, time. I just mm-hmm. like, I barely have enough time to come in here and do this show
1: <laughs>
0: and, I, and I'm so frazzled like Nicole. You're so
1: frazzled today.
0: Um, that collaborations are really low on my list of uh, things. It takes a lot of work. to do, to,
1: yeah. We almost collaborated with uh, Cuckoo Kangaroo.
0: <laughs> like anyone cares. <laughs> That was yeah, you say we almost, we almost this did. was all you. I know. It was all your idea. They're great guys, yes. but I'm sitting here going, what the heck am I going to do <laughs> with two guys, two white rappers? Who sings songs for kids. But
1: I love what am I going to do with that? I love Cuckoo Kegaroo. So I was yeah. trying to figure out a way for Some us to tie like, in? work together. That's great, hon, But I,
0: I just couldn't see it happening.
1: <laughs> it takes a lot of effort. But
0: but realistically, a good collaboration is a lot of work for, for both parties uh, to engage in something Yeah, like so that.
1: if you ever email us and say, hey, let's collaborate. What kind of ideas? We will have no ideas. <laughs>
0: I want to collaborate with you. Do you have any ideas? It's the worst way to ask for a collaboration. Yes, you, yes. The way to ask is hey, I, I'd like to collaborate with you. Here's my idea. Here's
1: the idea. Here's how we get it done. Yeah. Don't make us think.
0: Okay, so Scott actually had a second question. I'm building a router table out of aluminum T-slot framing and need to make a top. I've seen a lot of people use MDF for dimensional stability, but I worry about the durability. I was thinking of laminating it with another layer of three-quarter inch ply underneath and making it replaceable, but I feel like it's overcomplicating this. Uh, Any suggestions on materials for a router tabletop? Well, I haven't actually made one myself so I'm just kind of speculating from things that I've seen. Something people do is they'll take uh, MDF as the core and then they'll put an actual laminate over top so you have a like plasticky, you know, this is all, basically all of the manufactured router tabletops that you see, most of them, are that, right? They're a typically some kind of sheet good, usually MDF, that's been um, surfaced with a true laminate, almost like a kitchen counter laminate. Um, So I think that's a perfectly good idea. I think you could focus a little bit less on what the top is made out of if you brace this thing properly. Um, uh, That's one of the flaws of a lot of the manufactured router tabletops out there is they can sag over time uh, because they don't really have the extra bracing that a top that's under that level of weight for that long period of time. It doesn't really have the bracing that it should. So one thing you should consider since you're working with this aluminum, possibly look at where the router is going to go under the tabletop and see if you can't put some cross braces um, that span from side to side and engage with the, uh, the stand itself. Um, or at the very least, use them almost like cleats and then screw them into the underside of the top and just use that to firm things up a little bit and help you prevent sagging. You do that and now you don't have to worry as much about you know, what you make that top out of. You still want to make sure though, I wouldn't want an MDF top surface at all. Um, I would definitely want some kind of surface that slides and is nice and slick. So I think any core that I do, I would still be putting some kind of laminate on top of it for protection.
1: Cause I wants to know how you popsico.
0: Pop-sico, pop-sico. You know how we I do. got a
1: super chat here from Chase Moore. Hey Chase. Hey. Uh, having trouble with the PM 1500 mobile cart? Being stable when ripping, what do you use? Do you have a mobile cart on your 1500?
0: Isn't a PM1500 the, PM 1500 the, the uh, bandsaw?
1: I, I thought that was the bandsaw. Yeah. Yeah, maybe.
0: Yeah, I, I, I just confirm before I answer. Um, it's yeah, got to be the bandsaw. He also
1: said, um, what mobile base did you use for your PM1500? I tried the adjustable one and it rocks yeah. like crazy.
0: Okay, so I have one that I believe they sent me. Or is, I don't know. I, I, here's the reason I don't know. Mine's not a problem. It is a little mm-hmm. bit... Like if you push on it, there's some mobility there. It's not absolutely stable. I don't remember. That's the problem. I may have put one on there. It is adjustable because I've got pull pins on there, but I don't know if this is one that came with it or if this is one that I added as an aftermarket. Aftermarket. Uh, Either way though, it's stable enough that I'm not worried about it and I haven't even thought about it. Uh, The only time I even think about it at all is when I need to move it away from the wall and I have to pull it forward and push it back. Um, but I, there is a little sense of, of instability there, but not enough to worry about. So I'm pretty sure, though, that is one that came with the saw or was shipped with the saw. So <laughs> that's not a great answer
1: for you. Sorry. We got a nice super chat here from, how would you say his name? Heger Shiner? Hager Shiner? Hager Shiner? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Hager. Oh, he he. Pr- he- pronounced it for me, coming off a nine-month YouTube hiatus and now binge-watching the Mark and Nicole Variety Hour for the past four days. Oh,
0: jeez. That's (laughs) gotta be... That's a lot to take in.
1: What are your initial impressions of the PMV11 blades? They're great. Yeah?
0: Like them. Love them.
1: What's a a PMV11? It's
0: it's a steel... um, They're right behind me here. It's a steel that Lee Valley produces. Actually, I think that's one of the regular... No, this is... You can't, it's not like you could look at it and see the difference. It's just a, a different Ooh. steel. Uh, it's PM V11, and they supposedly last a lot longer. They're more durable, and um, in some cases, easier to sharpen. Uh, all around, a great steel for uh, people who are getting into the, the hobby and don't want to fuss too much with their blades. So, so far, I love them. I haven't done a lot of hand tool work in the past couple of months. Um, So I haven't used them extensively, but my initial tests and and fun times with them have been really good. You've
1: been working on that sled and that steam bending. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we got a new video out. It premiered yesterday. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Uh, The Adventures Uh, Adventures in in Steam Bending.
1: What is going on with that shirt? I
0: don't know. Um, When Cremona was here, we we were doing the little uh, step stools, and we had that really figured, heavily figured, um, oh, shoot not mahogany, Sapelli. And uh, he, uh, Cremona decided he wanted to test out the PMV 11 and both the smoothing plane and the jack plane. um, Perfect smooth shavings, even on a very temperamental grain. So I was super excited about that.
1: So yeah, and then you're going to be releasing the sled video.
0: Next week will be the sled video. Soon. Soon? Next week.
1: That's the next one.
0: I'm waiting on the edit to come back, but it should be (laughs) there next week. Okay, Mike, Yes, Mike Davies.
1: Mike Davies! Hey guys,
0: thinking about my first solid wood case construction and the door panels in particular, how much room would you leave for expansion in a frame and panel door that's about 14 inches wide? Uh, Would you glue the middle and let it expand on both sides or just let the whole thing float? Most of the time, if it's like a really big panel, I do like to immobilize it. Uh, So a little bit of glue at the center of the panel and allowing the outsides to expand and contract. How much to allow, I can't tell you that because that's a question based on what time of year it is, what the current relative humidity is, the condition of the wood, and then where it's going to go from here. So what you need to do is go look at like this, um, not the sagulator, Woodbin has a bunch of calculators. One of them is a wood expansion calculator. Go take a look at that and put the you know input the size of the panel and look at the change in humidity from where it is now and where it's likely to be in summertime and adjust accordingly. So most of the time in the winter, things are pretty dry. So if you have to allow for anything, typically at this time of year, you're allowing for additional expansion. How much to allow? Again, totally depends on what the calculator says. I'll be honest though, most of the time, I don't even really think about that because you could still allow for movement, expansion, and contraction, there's a a certain amount of like fudge room you have there. So almost any time I make a frame and panel door like that, I'm gonna give it maybe a 16th per side to an eighth of an inch per side. And that's, I've never had a a failure based on doing that. And I kind of do that as a blanket rule, no matter what time of year it is. So the panel is long enough and the, the, uh, the grooves are deep enough that with that 16th to an eighth of an inch, No matter what it does seasonally, even if it gets a lot smaller, it's still not going to make the panel come out, right? So um, that's my lazy solution to it is to give it about, you know, maximum eighth of an inch and it should absolutely be covered regardless of the season.
1: All right. I I
0: got my last question here. Oh, you don't have,
1: you have more. You didn't get them all. Uh, When did they come in? They came in. Tommaso has a question. He goes, Crap. I posted my question on the wrong Patreon post. Oh, Tommaso. I was just wondering if Mark had any issues with the moisture on the miter saw cabinet wicking from the slab. Didn't we answer that last week?
0: We did answer that last week and uh, I yeah, thought Tommaso. it was Tomaso who asked uh, it last yeah. week. Yeah,
1: did you not watch the show, Tommaso, last, show last, you last
0: week? Are you not listening for the answers to your own questions <laughs> again? No, uh, I'll answer it very quickly. Not at all. They're not touching the ground. We have the little spacer foot things on there which even if you don't extend them, they are going to raise it off the ground. And as long as you have that airflow there, should be no problem. Um, Mine, most of the cabinets, they're extended because the floor over there it's a little bit like this. That's what it's shaped like. So yeah, no problems at all with moisture.
1: Uh, I got another question here from Joe Clemmer.
0: Joe! What's your
1: stance on using veneer? Acceptable to use cabinet side that is visible? Use on a cabinet side that is visible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Veneer is great. If it's done properly, I think veneer is a fantastic thing to get into. And, uh, you know, as long as you treat the edges correctly, it's great for cabinetry. You could get some really beautiful uh, figured or, exotic or so, something that would be hard to get in solid wood or hard to get in a plywood, right? Uh, you just use plywood as your core, get in something with a you know very lackluster face and put a really nice veneer on it. That's a great way to to dress things up and get a lot of mileage out of a precious species.
1: Big Willie wants to know if we have any new information on the new Guild Instructor. No, not yet.
0: I can tell you who we're talking to. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, Megan Fitzpatrick. Yep. And I did have a conversation with Megan. She's on board now. She's waiting for me yeah. to give her potential travel dates.
1: I have to work out all of Mark's travel because he is now going to be traveling to Jory Shop to film those projects. Two projects, which yeah. somebody actually asked about. We're doing um, a two for
0: one.
1: Uh, where is it, Jory? Yes, uh, Ryan Elliott says, "Have you talked about what's in the pipeline for the Guild?" Since it's not posted. I see Jory announced on Insta that he's going to do his stool. Anything else? So we got two projects from Jory, two projects from Philip, and oh, then. Hold
0: on. I- Let me answer the thing about Jory. Yeah. Jory has like I can't remember the name. He always has w- specific names for his pieces. But there's it's kind of like a low entertainment center thing mm-hmm. with sliding doors, and one of the panels is a, um, a power-carved, weird-looking panel. It's absolutely beautiful. That's the primary thing I'm going there for. The stool is the second project we're going there for. Um, So we're going to try to knock both of those out. And I don't know as far as release and when those things are actually going to be on the site. No idea yet. I'll just be lucky to be able to go there and film them both. Yes. Doing the same thing with Philip Morley. Oh, Um, and then we
1: got uh, Daryl
0: on the schedule too. Yeah, Daryl's on the schedule as well. Uh, And Philip Morley is going to also be two projects. I think we're doing a lounge chair. And actually, I don't know what the second one is yet. We might not have decided but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like the thing is, I'm like I don't want to just do this once a year. I'd like to be able to get more if I can, and I'm already here. So let's just add two or three days to this and get a second project, and uh, everybody wins.
1: <laughs> so Tommaso says, I'm sorry, I missed it. Sorry, I was in the shop. <laughs>
0: Oh, well, allow us to answer your question again,
1: because you missed it. We love you, (laughs) Tabaza. Because Hank has been making me laugh a lot in the chat. He says uh, he wants to go to Jory's just to pee off the deck.
0: Listen, it is one of the most exciting and liberating things you could possibly do. I hear Ava. I
1: hear Ava. There's a question right there. You might
0: want to take that mic off. You might
1: not want to walk away.
0: Sorry about that noise. All right, there we go. Yeah, it's one of the most liberating things is to uh, pee off of an elevated deck. It's, there's nothing down there. You're not peeing on anything valuable. Um, it's just grass. Pee off of there, but do it at night. And I had these visions of like a little night monster coming up and, and biting my business. It's a little bit weird. Um, so let's see. Let's get that question out of here. Well, she said, here's a question and there's like 10 questions. Sorry, I, I don't like silence, but I have no choice but to uh, to read these and be quiet. Okay, Beasley Seven says, started making the green and green chest out of cherry. Life invaded and I had to set it aside for a couple of months. Now I have some dark patches on the wood. Can I sand them out or should I start over? Well, Beasley, it's kind of hard to say without seeing these panels I don't know what these splotches are uh, what they are determines what you might be able to do if they weren't there before I would have to think there's a good chance that a scrape or light sanding would make them go away it, but have you tried to sand them that's the first thing you should do sand it see if uh, see if it goes away if it doesn't then maybe scrape go to the next level of intensity or get your random orbit sander uh, and sand those spots and see what happens but ultimately, uh, spots that weren't there before that suddenly appeared, I would say, are likely to be sanded or scraped out. I don't, I don't think it's like a deal breaker. Uh-huh. Let's see in the guild. Tyler Brunette says, Is the track for your tracks all flat or is it curved? I got one from Grizzly and the track is warped. Uh, Tyler, all of my tracks are festal tracks and I don't believe any of them, at least that I've noticed has been anything but dead flat. Um, if they aren't dead flat, I haven't noticed. So the fact that you've noticed tells me that it, like, it's bad enough that it's a significant problem that you were able to see it. Um, so that would be one. I don't know if they'll take a return on that, but I would definitely try to replace that one because if it's not flat, that, that's really annoying. How can you trust you know, the straightness of that cut if it's not sitting nice and flat?
1: Oh my goodness.
0: I answered Beasley's and Tyler's questions. Did you ask
1: TT? Tt no. Tt did a super chat. Hey Mark, I have an MFT and a small table saw. You gotta go Tt. Tt. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering if I should buy a miter saw. MFT does the job most of the time, but I have a miter. But a miter saw would definitely uh, be handy. I have a small shop.
0: I think you may have answered your own question. Do you want one? <laughs> do you think it would be handy? Do you have the money? If you do, buy it. Um, a miter saw.
1: You use yours quite a
0: bit. Yeah, I mean, for rough cutting lumber, um, if you have one that's really well tuned, now you can use it for quality cross cuts, get a good blade on there and some zero clearance. Um, There's one thing that I I know people who use, like, they're fully invested in the festival world, and that's what their shop, uh, you know, is, is primarily consisting of. So even, like, without the table saw, they've got the MFT. And that's where some of the shortcomings come in. For me personally, where I would want to gravitate away from the MFT if I had the choice, and crosscuts is one of those things. Rips are another one of those things. And I mean crosscuts is in, um, you know, short, solid wood crosscuts, right Rips. <laughs> Rips. Um, obviously, the MFT excels at crosscuts in panels and things like that. Um, but when you're dealing with those solid wood pieces, you know the miter saw, the table saw, like the overall if you have a home and you do any DIY projects, that's where the miter saw is going to help too, right? So I, I, th- I don't think it's absolutely necessary. You have two tools potentially that you can do cross cutting on, um, but you'll find their limitations as soon as you start to do something like molding or baseboards. You start to want to do anything that has like mitered angles. Well, you, you could definitely do that at the table saw, um, but I prefer, like way prefer, to use a miter saw for those things.
1: Todd Tidwell wants to know why you changed your miter miter saw. Why did you change your miter saw again? Sorry if you answered this already. Right. I
0: okay. have, it's, and, and it's m-
1: okay. Many times. It's it's okay.
0: Todd's busy editing our yes, video. Yes, he is. He doesn't have time to watch this Whoa, crap all the time. You
1: can't keep up with. You. I can't even keep up with. You. I
0: can't even keep up with me. <laughs> yes, I did. Dust collection. I did change it for two reasons, both of them having to do with having a employee here. One was dust collection. Uh, Jason doesn't often wear his um, respirator respirator nowhere near as often as I do, but he's a big boy and he can make those decisions for himself. He does most of my rough cutting. So he'll be over there at the miter saw just making a couple of quick cuts. And I'm like, I'd really prefer it if that thing was collecting more dust. Secondly, as much as I like the simplicity of the old DeWalt, it was a, a two flipper, right? A lot of things that were more than maybe eight inches in width, six inches in width, uh, you'd have to cut them twice. So you cut it, flip it, cut it again, and now your piece is released. And I'm watching Jason do that, and I'm like, this is almost asinine at this point. Like, I had the DeWalt to prove a point, and it worked very well for probably a good year, mm-hmm. year and a half. Yeah. Uh, but the only reason I was keeping it was because of the principle of that you don't need a really fancy miter saw, right? Uh, but then I'm watching Jay do all this extra work, and I'm like, this is dumb. I'm just going to get the, the, the new Capex. He'll be happy, I'll be happy, and then we'll, we'll move past it.
1: <laughs> Jason Smalls just uh, submitted a show title called Almost Asinine.
0: <laughs> Almost Asinine.
1: Uh, I got a super chat. That's a good I nickname got, got, for me. I have a few super chats that I missed. Uh, Alan Lulich is in the chat room and he said, oh, nice. plus one for the WP 2616. Love it. What's WP 16? What is that?
0: Woodpecker? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably Woodpecker. the 2616 square yep. that I showed? Yep. Oh, I just thought of this. I should have mentioned this at the top of the show. You guys know that Wood Talk is back?
1: Oh, yeah. Have you heard? Have you heard?
0: Have you heard the good news? I'm actually going to go around. I'm going to get a, uh, a black notebook. I'm going to put on a white dress shirt and a tie <laughs> and I'm going to ask people if they've heard the good news. <laughs> and then I'm going to hand them a Wood Talk sticker. <laughs> you think that'll go When, when are
1: you going to post the first episode?
0: Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. So we are now Next doing Wednesday. three shows a week. We are, uh, the show is sponsored by Rockler and it is back in business for another year.
1: So blame Rockler. if You, or could, you could blame
0: him. Rockler. You could also blame Matt because it was Matt's Original seed of an idea while he was here. (laughs) It
1: was. We all brainstormed together. Remember in the kitchen we were talking about. Totally.
0: And I I talked about it with him on our first recording. I'm like, tell me if I have the story wrong because in my head I have it where Matt was asking like what it would take to bring the show back, and then that got my gears turning, and next thing you know, here we are. (laughs) So
1: (laughs) not three shows a week.
0: No, three shows a a (laughs)
1: month. Yes, a month. Please, not
0: three shows a week. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> three shows a month. My bad. <laughs> Holy crap, that would be... You,
1: would not ever, you wouldn't do anything else. I would
0: have to cancel this show. Yes,
1: we would have to cancel That's for show. sure.
0: Uh, so yeah, three times a month, 36 shows. That's our contract with uh, Rockler that will take us through January of 2021. What happens at that point, I don't know. We'll, we'll address that we'll when the time comes. Cross but, that but bridge we got, when we get there. We got one more year. Yeah. So if you're subscribed to the feed, uh, stay subscribed, go to woodtalkshow.com if you want to get all the, the links and stuff in an RSS subscription. But Wood Talk is still in pretty much every place that has yeah. podcasts. Yeah. So just look it up in a directory and you should be able to find the feed.
1: Yeah, it's uh, going to be awesome. There was actually a question relevant to a, a show I know you're going to do uh, on Wood Talk. Uh, Jeremiah Patrick says, I'm thinking about taking <sighs> leave and doing a six-week six week, six, weeks, six week course at the Vermont Woodwork... At- Two weeks. <laughs> Two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Vermont Woodworking, have you heard anything about the quality of education and skills you get there? Nope. Um, it only—I only thought about wood talk because you're going to have. Classes. We're going to have a
0: yeah. We're going to on the third show for this month. We're going to have a talk about taking classes, uh, what to expect, what um, to prepare. What, what, yeah, what, just to set your expectations yes. properly for what it's like to take a class and what they typically end up being. Um,
1: so for this particular woodworking school, no, we don't have any. I don't have any experience
0: yeah. with the Vermont Woodworking School. Yep. But, you know, it's in Vermont. So they probably know a lot about woodworking there.
1: <laughs> Maybe.
0: it just sounds like a place it to learn yeah, yeah, woodworking, yeah. right? Did, did you, They have trees.
1: Did you answer Nick Silva's question? What's yet? his question? Nick Silva has a question. In, uh, oh, he said after show. Uh, we'll ask. Uh, oh, yeah, we'll do this on the after show. It'll be talking about social media. <laughs> We don't need to talk about that here. Okay. Uh, Alrighty, and then I got—I do have a couple of uh, empty super chats, so if I can find them.
0: Oh, people did a super chat but didn't ask a question. Well,
1: Brian, Brian Glasspool, if you have a question, I was scrolling, but I didn't. They'll put it in the chat. Go ahead and throw it in the chat, and I will—I will grab it. And also, Robert Price did a super chat, so thank you both, Robert and Brian, for those super chats. If you do have questions. I missed it. It went by too fast. So hmm. post it again, please.
0: Wood Talk Reborn. Woo. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, the show, we're, we're going to be a little bit more focused on it. Um, not a huge format change. It's still three you know goobers talking about woodworking. Uh, but we want there to be a little bit more focus, like a main focus of each show. And I'm so torn. I'm torn about the titling. I love titles like Cool Your Balls. Feed the Ashley, like (laughs) ridiculous titles like that Mm. are so much fun. The problem is, you know what the problem with a ridiculous title is? It tells you nothing about what (laughs) we're going to talk about.
1: We used to do that on Wood Whisper videos and we've gone back and redone Oh, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: funny titles are cute and all, uh, but if you're looking for people, you know, you got to think down the line. Look how many people go into that archive. <laughs> what Talk <top> Booty Call. <laughs> and there's like 460 episodes yeah. and they have to go through this and if they look at the titles, they have no idea what they're in for and that's fine. It's, it's okay. But ultimately, I think the organizational side of my brain really, really wants a title that explains what the heck that episode is about. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so I think people are going to think that it was Rockler's influence that caused that but it's not. I actually had a conversation with them. I said, before you guys commit, <laughs> you do know yeah. that we kind of get a little bit off off color, right? Like you know <laughs> that we talk about things and say things and title it with uh, lots of innuendo and weird and like absolutely no problem. So they, they don't care at all. This is me doing an organizational thing.
1: Uh, Kevin Hahn wants to know, do you know if uh, Rockler... Is going to do any tracking on referrals from WoodTalk? I'm happy to tell the local store I came in because of the WoodTalk sponsorship. I don't, think I don't any, know I don't if think they I have can.
0: a way of doing that in store. Yeah, you know that's a tricky thing for them to do. Uh, certainly, all the web-based stuff will likely have, yeah. you know, the, our, our affiliate code attached to it, so you'll be able to uh, to get recognition that way um, and give us credit. But you know what? If you go into the store, go ahead and mention it because they are doing signage in the stores oh, yeah, that's right. and they ask for pictures of us and they're going to do some, I don't know exactly what they're going to do but like in their flyers yeah. they're very happy to be sponsoring the show and you might in your local Rockler store see a poster about this, this new Yahoo. thing uh, with the three <laughs> of us I, I'm, I'm like a little bit speechless about yeah. that, that's pretty freaky um, so they may know what you're talking about, it can't hurt to just be like oh hey I know those guys, you know, I don't know, we'll see, it's going to be kind of cuckoo Uh, I think this is the second time I've seen this question. I don't have a good answer for him, but I feel bad. I don't want him to think we're ignoring it. Aaron Allard says, why does wood conditioner give an orange tone to the stain? I don't really know, Aaron. I don't use wood conditioner much at all. And also wood conditioner means quite a few different things depending on the brand and its makeup and what type of material it's made from. So I don't know which one you're using or why. My guess is maybe you're trying to stain like a light-colored wood, like a maple and uh, or a pine or something, and maybe this material is an oil-based material. So when it goes on, it's bringing that you know color of. It's probably got some oil in it uh, that's making it a yellowish-orange color, possibly. But I don't know. I don't know enough about what you're using, and I don't use the stuff, so I don't have experience with that product. Mm-hmm. But I just I didn't want to think I think I was ignoring his question. Uh, but will Cremona cut his fro for the Rockler photo? <laughs> no, he still looks like a, a shaggy, like the lost member of Flight of the Concords.
1: Uh, did What question? I don't know what you a, a answered in my list here. Did you? I
0: told you I answered Beasley's question.
1: Okay. And, and Tyler's question. And Tyler's question. So Ryan, uh, have you talked about what is next? Oh, we've already done that one too.
0: We're over time, by the way. Oh, so. Scott
1: K wants to know, are you guys going to do another evening Beer show again. I'm guessing it would be an after show for that as well.
0: Yes, we, we probably yes. will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, I can't say, because yeah. we have to get a babysitter for Well, your mom's sort of going to be
1: in town. I think we should do it next Friday. Okay. Next Friday evening. We'll do an evening show. Okay,
0: we'll do one next Friday. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, if we've got help, here. it's a no-brainer. Uh, we will not be doing an after show on an evening show. Right. Because the whole the thing is kind of all that thing. I don't think we'll... Yeah. I mean... Unless, yeah, I, don't yeah, so. I, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Usually that time of night, it's probably going to run long. It'll, it, I think for the evening show, it'll be like the after show is part of... <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, It just yeah. kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's going to be out here until like 10 o'clock. Yeah. You want to go inside yet? No, no. Just keep, keep Your going. mom's good. Keep going. <laughs> Eventually the kids will pass out. Uh, All right, let's do one last uh, question. Do Pick you them. have one? Huh, I said, huh.
1: Yeah, don't do that if you don't have something yeah. queued up.
0: So, I don't. <laughs> I thought you might have one. Oh,
1: you know what we do need to do? I need to, to pick my winner from the questions that um, were dropped on the Patreon post. Pick a winner. So I had a total of 13. Okay. No duplicates. Okay. So uh, even though uh, I think David Wiggins was a- answering people, <laughs> I only do one day. Oh,
0: you don't, it replies <laughs> to other people's <laughs> well, questions yeah, don't count?
1: They don't count. <laughs> <laughs> so random.org uh, gave me result number.
0: Oh, number one. Number one. What are one. the chances of that?
1: So my number one, the per- first person to ask me a question in that post was Joseph. Joe Lappalito. Joe Lapolito Oh, so, sweet. Joseph, That's I nice think I have your email. In fact, I think I'm talking to you right now through email. So I'll reach out to you um, and you can pick your guilt project.
0: Andrew, the first episode of Wood Talk comes out on Wednesday. Look for that on Wednesday.
1: Next Wednesday,
0: and I think we're going to try to get on a schedule where we'll be the first three Wednesdays of every month. The last Wednesday will be a we'll call it a bye week. A little sports reference for you there, Nicole. <laughs> I like the sports ball.
1: I hate that term. It drives me nuts. It
0: drives me.
1: It's nuts. It's such a condescending term. So who is this?
0: What's your name? She sounds hideous. <laughs> 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 okay. isn't that a, that I, insurance I commercial I think it's an insurance let commercial.
1: people like what they like yeah you don't have to demean it
0: okay alright so I think that's going to do it uh, for this show I promise to click the correct embed mm-hmm. for the after show uh, once fact. again if you want to hear us talk about a bunch of nonsense yeah very little woodworking uh, make sure you're a two dollar or higher subscriber on Patreon and we're going to start that show momentarily because
1: <laughs> I got your reference it was Jake from Steak Farm
0: yeah <laughs> hi Jake from State Farm well she sounds hideous
1: Uh, alright
0: alrighty uh, we're good? yep we're
1: good I post the link in the show in the chat click on the Patreon link and if you want to join the chat there's a link to join the chat
0: yeah okay have a great weekend everybody bye toodles